Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me today as we continue walking through the strange Paradiso. So today is Christmas Eve, December 24th. I didn't think I was going to have time to come on, but um, obviously I have a little bit of time, so I decided to come on and share a couple of things with you. But um, I just want to begin with... I don't know how many of you live in Southern California, so when I say what I'm about to say, you'll understand and you'll know where I'm coming from. But from time to time, like every time I go to work, I complain about Southern California and how crowded it is and you're sitting in traffic and how much the gas costs. We pay more than anyone else in the United States and blah, blah, blah. But today... On Christmas Eve day, it is perfect weather. I'm telling you, I could not ask for anything better than this. The sky is perfectly clear, blue, beautiful. There's a slight breeze. It's like 74 degrees. There are people out walking There are people riding bicycles. There are people on their motorcycles because the day is just picture perfect. So for all of my complaining and stuff that I do from time to time, like every day, I just want to take this moment and realize that I am very fortunate, and those of us who live here are very fortunate, especially when you look at what's going on on the East Coast and um, in the Midwest and places like that with their weather and their snow. I just um, am finding myself at this moment very, very grateful and very thankful that I am here in Southern California. So... With that being said, I have a couple of things, once again, that I want to share with you because these things don't stop for the holidays. They don't stop for Christmas, for Groundhog Day, for New Year's Day. These things continue to go on. Paranormal events, mysterious events, whatever the case may be, they do not stop. So, Recently, it seems that there are more and more encounters that are reported from people who are out in the wilderness. I have to tell you guys something. I personally cannot understand going out to the middle of somewhere by myself with a backpack and a tent in my backpack and then deciding to stay there for a couple of days. Far from civilization, a lot of times people do not get, they they can't get cellular, they can't get anything on their phone, they're in dead zones and so on. I know some people take satellite phones, and I guess that would be the smart thing to do, but um, not everyone has those, okay? It's not like they're just so popular that everyone has one, but anyways... We are getting more and more reports of strange things happening in the wilderness. So this takes place somewhere in a mountainous area by Georgia. 
okay? I mean, it's not in Georgia, I don't think, okay? Because I have to tell you, I've never been to Georgia. I don't know how mountainous it is, but it is in an area that is mountainous. Tell you the truth, I actually forgot what state it is, so I just said Georgia. But anyhow, um, so this person decides that he's going to go out and hike so far in this area. So he leaves his vehicle parked by the ranger station, and then he proceeds to hike far as he can get to where there's no one around and that's where he is going to put up his tent and just stay for a couple of days. So to some people, this is what they love to do. They like to get away and this is their type of meditation. This is what they do to relax and just regroup. A lot of people like nature and things like this. So He reports that, okay, he gets there. He sets up his tent. Then he walks down to look at the lake or the river, whatever it was, because he was also going to go fishing. He had some fishing gear with him. So he made the note about, okay, I'm going to come here tomorrow, whatever time, and I'm going to fish. That was he was going to make for his dinner the following day. So he goes back to his camp. And he makes himself some food because he brought some food out there with him and so on. And he starts a fire and he's out there and just relaxing. It was uneventful. Nothing happened. He decides to turn in for the night. He goes into his tent. And in the middle of the night or early, very early in the morning before sunrise, he hears what sounds like screaming. And it's coming at an interval. And he says to himself, it kind of sounds like a woman screaming, but it also kind of sounds like some sort of mountain lion or something like that. But then he realizes there are no mountain lions or whatever in that area. Whatever he heard that sounded like some sort of animal, he said, was not in that area. So he continues hearing this screaming sound and it seems to be getting closer. So he was a bit uh, unnerved. He had a flashlight and he came out of his tent and he started um, looking around and seeing if there was actually maybe somebody out there who needed help, but he never found anything. Right, so that's the only thing that happened that first night. The next night, he is uh, he goes fishing. The next day, he's once again it's uneventful. He's there at his campsite. The fire's going down. He puts the rest of it out. He decides to turn in once again for the night. He was going to be leaving the next day, so he gets in his tent, and now, a little while later, he wakes up to the sound of footsteps walking around his tent. All right, that may not be unusual because he is in the wilderness. There are animals out there. You're kind of like invading on their territory, all right? But the strange thing is that whatever this thing was, 
had a flashlight and started shining that flashlight at the tent. So he figures it's probably another person, maybe someone needs help, maybe someone's lost, maybe it's even a park ranger. So he unzips his tent and he starts to come out and there's nothing there. There's no sound of anyone running. There's no light. The light is gone. Nothing is there. Nothing is disturbed. So he's just like, huh, okay, well, I know what I saw. So he goes off into the bushes a little bit and relieves himself. Then he goes back into his tent. And then he has a little bit of a hard time going back to sleep because of what he just experienced. He can't figure it out what that would be. It was not a police helicopter. That makes a lot of noise. There was nothing. Then he hears it again. There is someone walking around his tent. So he hears a voice. He opens his tent and kind of like crawls out a little bit. And he said it was a woman. Okay, I got goosebumps right now. I got to tell you. He says it was a woman. And he's thinking all these different thoughts in his mind. It's pretty cold. And yet she's out there in just a pair of pants and like a tank top. And he said he got the strangest feeling. Like, what is she doing out here? And she didn't speak to him. She just looked at him. And then she pointed towards the tree line. And he right away thought something's wrong. He got this feeling in the pit of his stomach. Something is really wrong here. Well, no, duh. I mean, come on. So what he did was he did have a firearm. And he went ahead and grabbed it and kept it at his side. And he said, this woman looked so bizarre, but he couldn't figure out what it was. What is it? Because while it seems like it was like an hour that went by during this encounter, it was actually only a couple of minutes. And then he realized what it was. He said it could have been because it was dark, because of a lack of light, and because maybe the reflection from the stars and the moon and all this other stuff, he said, but it looked to him like her eyes were completely and totally black. And then she pointed to the tree line once more, and she let out this high-pitched, screaming, wailing laugh and took off running. He said she was not wearing any shoes. She was barefoot. He's like, what is a woman doing out there in the middle of the night, dressed like that, barefoot? 
So what he did was he said, I don't know if, if there was anyone else there, if she was just part of like a group of people. But he gathered his belongings and left his tent and took off. He took off down the trail back to where he came from. And now you have to realize this is like when it's dark and now he's hiking back to his car. That's how scared and upset he was. And there were a couple of times where he wasn't sure if he was going the correct way until in the distance somewhat, he could see light from the ranger station. He said it was like an hour of a hike. He said it was an hour away, if not a little longer, from the parking lot where his vehicle was. And he said, I made it back to my vehicle in 40 minutes in less than an hour. Of course, he was a little lighter because he left his tent there. He left his uh, utensils and things like that. He just took like his jacket. He had his shoes on because he actually slept with his shoes and his um, firearm, his flashlight. So the next day, because he reported that, the next day they went back there to where he had his campsite and all of his things were gone. There was nothing there. Nothing, not even a twig from his campfire, nothing. So they proceeded to tell him that there may be like feral people who are out there. He was told that this is kind of like one of those um, urban legend kind of things that there are feral people who live out there in caves and what have you. And that's why they don't speak and so on, he said. But we have never seen them. We have never confronted anything like that. So it's just, we, we don't know for sure. It's just one of those things that people say. So what was this thing? And was it the same thing that was making the sounds of the screaming the night before? Even if it was a real person, even if it was a feral person, okay, if those really do exist in some places, it is still creepy. I don't care what it was. I, I mean, that would have deterred me from ever going out there alone ever again. And there are many stories, quite a few stories about people encountering strange people strange uh, things out in the wilderness. We have spoke about this before. And it also leads me to think about, for example, uh, missing 411. Some of these people who go missing and are never found, and it just seems that the circumstances are so strange. It just makes me wonder if this may play a part in it. I think that there are many different scenarios that happen to these people with the missing 411. But even so, even if we think, okay, where well, there are like three or four different scenarios I can think of that would explain this, there is still that one 
common thread that runs through all of these disappearances that Dave Paulides talks about. It's very, very interesting. If you've never listened or heard of um, Missing 411, you can look on YouTube and there are many videos and he has some books that he's written. He's been on some TV shows and um, I don't know, but every time when I have heard any of these scenarios and try to piece them together myself, there's always that common denominator through all of them that just throws the whole thing off. So he doesn't ever say what he thinks it may be. But um, there are many people who say that it's Bigfoot, it's alien abduction, it's um, some sort of a portal that is in many different locations and, and so on, which once again, it could be all of these and more. But there is one thing that is the same through all of these stories. And some people are never found. Some people are found dead. And some people are found and they have a story to tell that is very um, interesting. Like children saying the the bear took care of me or the wolf took care of me and fed me. And there was this one person who said that it was his grandmother. His grandmother, he, he um, encountered his grandmother in a cave somewhere. Him and his family had been uh, camping. And so they were exploring during the daytime. And this one kid meets his dead now. His grandmother has passed on and he sees a woman out there who looks like his grandmother and she starts talking to him and she knows his name. So she says, okay, well, come over here with me and I'm gonna, I'll am i make you some food or whatever. So he thinks it's his grandmother because he's young. He's very young. So he goes ahead and he follows this woman who he thinks it's a woman into this location. And then she um, wants certain things from him. And the thing that made him realize that something was really wrong here and that he needed to get the heck out of there is because she wanted some of his poo. Like she wanted him to go poo and then she wanted some of it. Now, why? So when she requested that he go somewhere and take a poo and bring her some of it back. That's when he said later and he took off. Then he went to go and tell his parents that he saw his grandmother and so on. So, I mean, are we talking doppelganger? And even if we are, why would this thing want his poo? What would be the reason? Was she going to do an experiment and see what he had for dinner the day before. I mean, when you think about this, very strange. Because I think about that sometimes. It's like, I don't think it's for DNA. That would have been too easy to gather. I mean, just swab his mouth, get him, get him drink something, you know, and you have saliva sample right there. Why did this creature, who obviously wasn't his grandmother, just uh, manifested itself like her. Why would it want his his poo? Very, very strange. There's so much strange stuff out there. Okay. The next one that I have to share with you now 
once again, I know that some of you have been with me for a while. So if you have, this may sound familiar to you, but I'm going to just touch upon this for a moment because there's a bit of a similarity here. And these things have also been reported more and more, I've noticed. So I used to know this girl and she told me that she was dreaming one night and in her dream, she heard like this voice and it said, the devil wears chains. And she heard this like, not just once, but it was like, uh, almost like a cadence. The devil wears chains. The devil wears chains. And so when she woke up and she was laying on her back, she said, I woke up. So I was facing the ceiling. And when she opened her eyes and looked at her ceiling, there were a bunch of scrapes on the ceiling as if something had been dragging around something heavy, like maybe a heavy chain. And though she is like, those scrapes were not there before. So she was always thinking that that's what it was. And that's why she had this dream, which may have actually not been a dream in the first place. So now fast forward to recently. There is someone, and I want to say it's in, um, well, it's in another state, okay? This particular story did not happen in California, but I'm sure that there are many people here and in many other states who have had experiences like this. So this woman says that she, when they bought their house, there was like an undercurrent that they could feel something was maybe not right, but yet there was nothing happening. The house was not, there were no noises, there were no smells, there was no nothing. But um, in the morning when she woke up, there were like these handprints. And they were not just in the room, they were like on the wind. Uh, some of the windows, not all the windows, but they were on like some of the windows and some of the doors. And these prints were like, kind of like handprints, but a couple of fingers were very long. So depending on where the print was located, like maybe the handprint on the windows had the thumb and the little finger very long where the rest of the fingers were normal. And on another area where there was a handprint, it was different. Maybe the index finger was the only really long, abnormally long finger and things like this. But they were also like powder. She said these prints were like a powder so that you could actually like blow it and the powder would like dissipate. It would come off. And she said they were randomly throughout the house. There are quite a few stories like this that I have heard. And actually, one of these type of things 
happened to Victoria Kennedy so many years ago because uh, I was talking to her a couple of days ago and one thing led to another and we started talking about our experiences and then I said, yeah, remember that experience that you had and then I don't know exactly what the details were. So she reminded me and then she said, okay, yeah, this is what happened. In the house that they lived in at the time, the hot water heater was in the house and it was right next to one of the bathrooms. So the bathroom door is here and right next to that bathroom door, but facing you were were like these two doors. One of them was a taller door and it came down almost to the floor, but then there was a shorter door that was close to the floor. So there were two, one of them for the, for the water heater. And then there was a shorter, smaller door right underneath it. So I don't know if it was a little storage area or what it was. So she said, we were painting and they were painting around where that water heater was. And the door was open because they were actually painting the door and something shoved her forward so that she was almost like did a face plant almost with a water heater. And when whatever this was shoved her, there was actually a handprint on the back of her shirt, which was powder. It was a like whitish powder like substance because somebody who was there, I don't know who it was, had mentioned it to her. Yeah. And you have a handprint on your back. And she was like, what? And then she took her shirt off and she saw that powdery, powdery um, handprint there. So these type of things I'm pretty sure have been going on for quite a while. Now I was shoved one day in the master bathroom area, like the vanity area. I was leaning over to, I don't know what I was doing, and then I was shoved. I didn't go down, but I was like, what in the hell, okay? Like, what? what is this? So I know it happens to many people. To me, it could be a, um, like a, of course, where fear is used quite often, just a, another way to scare someone and make someone fearful. But another thing is also like, once again, like a type of announcement to let you know that you are not alone type of deal. There could be other reasons for it also, but those are two of the big ones that to me, I I think it's like one of those, or it could be both of those. Like, yeah, I scared you good. And um, also, I'm here. So, there's a lot going on, guys, as well as um, people. Now, this is someone who has recently moved to another state where they have a finished basement. In their basement, they have musical instruments because... He plays the guitar and he plays uh, all, all these other type of instruments um, 
and even some wind instruments like saxophone and stuff like that. So they were in their kitchen and it was at night and they get a lot of snow in this place where they have moved to. So they heard music coming from the basement and uh, it's a really nice basement and it's big and they've got like another bathroom there a full bathroom a area like a guest room like you could have a guest in there and they could go there and you don't even have to bother with them the place is big and it's very very nice but he has his instruments down there he said yeah we are music coming from there but it wasn't like a melody it was like someone was playing the instruments but not making music you know like they weren't playing a song okay but the strangest thing because he has guitars there he has quite a few guitars on the walls and on guitar stands and he said but it wasn't the guitars that were playing it was like the saxophone it's like okay what because that's going to take a lot more to to make a sound come out of a saxophone or a clarinet or a tuba or a trombone yeah then a guitar and he said nope it was a saxophone and him and his wife both heard it and they looked at each other and they were like the first thought there's somebody down there but there was nobody down there or Whoever was down there is someone that they could not see. I have always wanted a house with a finished basement. But recently, there have been so many people coming forward with things that have happened to them when they were down in their basements that I'm beginning to rethink that whole thing. I'm like, maybe on second thought, that's not a good idea. We have um, heard plenty of stories of things going on down there in these bases. And what would the reason be? Why? Why does that seem to be such a uh, active type of location? I could be wrong, but in my when, you know, when I think about this, in my own opinion, I think that the finished basement is probably one of those places that is not going to be as lived in as the rest of the house. If you have children or young people and, okay, I can understand, they're down there playing video games or doing whatever they're doing, okay? That's when it's really used a lot. But otherwise... If you've just got like two people, you may go down there once in a while. Maybe that's your party room, you know, but how often are you going to actually be in there partying and having people come over and you're all down there all the time? So that to me, I could be wrong, but that to me would be one of these places that is used the least. And it's in the dark a lot. Many people have their... Uh, washers and dryers in their basements and, and so on in some areas 
of these basements may not be finished. But anyhow, with all of that uh, darkness, with it being used less, and it is at the lower part of the house, it would be seemingly more attractive to certain entities where it's more like um, you're left alone. You don't have people constantly. So when people do go down there, a lot of times that's when they feel that presence or when things happen from down there because these things want to scare you or something activates these things, get them coming out of their hibernation for whatever reason. Once again, we don't know what everyone does when they're alone. We don't know who practices what and and so on. Who has practiced this? Who may have attachments? We, a lot of people don't know. So that, to me, may be one of the reasons. But yeah, seems that there's quite a bit of activity in many. No, I'm not saying every single basement has things like this. But recently, I have been hearing more and more. Not to say, though, that remember, as we continue going forward, we are going to hear about more and more of this kind of stuff. It's really... Well, it has been accelerating for years, but now, because if you've noticed, okay, the fear is being put out there once again. We hear it every day. It's starting up again with this fear, this attack, okay, this media-created fear and attack. And there are many people who are scared. I see them every day. Every time I step out of my house and go to the store or go to work or I'm on the road, I see them. So what this does is it gives strength to a lot of these things, a lot of these lower level entities. And um, that is one of the other reasons why it is all accelerating and it's going to continue. As long as you have all of this fear out there, remember I talk about a fear NATO. It's like it creates a weather pattern of its own, almost, of fear. It's like fire. Fire creates its own weather. Well, fear creates its own activity. It allows these things to feed off of it and it gains strength. And that's why more and more people are having encounters and reporting things. And all these weird things are going on. I mean, more and more. So, I just have one more thing that I want to share with you for today. And that is a story. Now, I really don't know. Um, you can take it any way that you want. I had to really think about this one. And I'm not saying that... I don't believe it happened, but I'm not saying that I do, all right? It's one of those things that I almost have to give the person the benefit of the doubt.
But anyways, um, this person is older now, and she says that when she was a little girl, she was probably about six years old. This was like back in the 1960s. It was on, it was during Christmas. And she said one night she saw Santa, and Santa was at her bedroom window, and he was tapping on her window. So she went to open her window and speak to him, and he said, would you like to come to Santa's village? And she said, sure, yes. So she went to put on her shoes and she said she was wearing her nightgown. And that Santa took her out of her house through her ceiling. And then she doesn't remember too much of anything else. But then Santa let her after when they did whatever. She said, I really don't remember being at Santa's village. She said, I have some vague type of memories. But afterwards, he let her back from the roof of her house, back down into her bedroom, right onto her bed. And she went right to sleep. She said, I went right to sleep. And she slept so long that her parents went in her room the next day like to wake her up. Like they had a hard time waking her up. And then she had told them this story that Santa was tapping on the window and they went to Santa's village and how he was magic and she went through the ceiling and then she came back down through the roof and all this stuff and they just thought, oh, she was just having this, uh, this crazy dream, this wild Santa dream. But she had a souvenir when she woke up. She actually had a little round keepsake thingy. She said, that's the only way I could describe it. She said, it would look like one of those smashed pennies that you put in the machine and it'll like, engrave the place wherever that you're at. Like if you're at, I don't know, Calca Ghost Town and you put the money in there and then it'll smash a penny for you and then the Calico Ghost Town is engraved in it. She said it was almost like one of those, but it was round and it was bigger than a penny. She said it was about as big as a 50 cent piece. And it had Santa, his face, engraved on it so after that because after her parents knew that there was something like okay we don't know where this came from maybe it was a person came in and gonna try to kidnap our daughter now but that was already after the fact you know so um after that they changed her bedroom they put her in a different bedroom so what was that Santa coming and tapping on my window. He's going to get a big surprise, let me tell you. Anyways, that's all that I've got for today. Um, I want to wish you all a very happy Christmas. I um, appreciate all of you. I am very thankful that you guys walk with me through this um, strange place that we live in. No matter where you are, no matter if you're in the UK, if you're in 
Africa, if you're in Australia, United States, it's all part of the Strange Paradiso. Be talking again soon. Happy Christmas, everyone. Ciao.